Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you'd like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore, and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, I'm your host and once again I got my good friend Matty Boy to join me and make fun of some 40k lore. Hello, how's it going? Very good, very good. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I can't believe you had me back after I ruined the podcast. Like, No, no, like you're, you're like uh, everyone needs that angry British guy critiquing stuff with them, so... Yeah. I'm just, I, I was so glad to share my own lore and I just, I really wanted to be, I really wanted a taste of my own medicine Fuck. when it came back. I was hungry. I was hungry for it. Okay. But, yeah, I, yeah, that was, that was, that was so bad. I forgot about it until right now. So I know, right? Like, like a bad, like a bad memory that you just repressed. <laughs> uh, well, today we're reading a story from Gazer Boy, and it's called Solstice Aternium. Um, I'm not totally sure what this one's about. I couldn't get a good vibe after the first sentence, but yeah. That's that's all I usually read. Anyway. Yeah. And then I, I decide whether it's kind of... Yeah. Quick snap judgments based yeah. off the first sentence. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to read this classic stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm not drawn in yet. <laughs> yeah. Where's the boobs, though? <laughs> okay. Solstice Aternium. The abnormal giant planet of Solstice Aternium is two-sided and one always faces the sun. It's baleful rays transfiguring the land it touches into a burning hellscape of eternal flame. The other side over time was left to stagnate and become a frozen hellscape. <laughs> Planet hellscape, perfect. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. This snowy pocket is home to a thriving society of nightsiders, humans that can live up uh humans that came to live there millennia before and have adopted the eternal darkness of the harsh environment these inhabitants trade in the natural metals and minerals abundant on the planet large cities overtake most of the landscape although their bulk is underground protected from the meteorite showers that would typically dot the planet whose excessively slow rotation does not grant it any meaningful magnetic field so this guy's like a full-on like astronaut dork eh 
Oh yeah, this nerd. Listen yeah. to this nerd. I like Man, it. No, I, I, I like it so far. It reminds me of like the Necromunity project. That yeah, kind of, it's the same kind of vein as that. But yeah, yeah I really like it. Um, yeah, let's carry on. Uh, I've lost my spot, but we'll, we'll find it. Large cities overtake most of the landscape. Um, since the arrival of the Mechanicum into the system, during the Age of Strife, the planet's high ore content has made it a thriving resource for local forge worlds. The Adeptus Mechanicus have set up a number of outposts, both on the planet proper and on one of the other planets in the system. Solstice Aeternium Beta, the planet's moon, is a forge world. The Mechanicum, uh, the Mechanicum provides protection from the meteorite showers that would pepper the planet's surface since allowing the noble classes to reside in the open air of the surface. The other five planets in the Solstice Aeternum system are dead worlds, though have small mining operations conducted by the Mechanicus. Solstice Aeternum Prime is the second planet in the system. Solstice Aeternum Prime Beta is a fourth world, established during, an age, established during the Age of Strife. Beta is a Titan and Munitions Manufactorum. Scientists of Millennium Pass have gifted the local Night Striders with the ability, natural abilities to thrive in such an environment. Warped by time, as these abilities may be, horns and bony protrusions dot their skin, uh, their thin, lanky albino bodies. Contained within them are electroreceptors. Each Night Strider has their own magnetic field that they use to perceive the area around them with uh, startling accuracy. Much of the night rider's expression as well comes from the sixth sense. From the now perceptible beats of their hearts to the wavering and changing of their personal field, their hearing too has now been boosted to a startling degree. Their sense of smell and taste have been to tuned past the ability of the finest hounds. Their eyesight has entirely degraded. Large monochrome eyes sit uselessly in their heads, usually back black, though in the case of nobility, they may have a variety of brilliant colors. This is really cool how they kind of get around and... Uh, yeah, is it is it like sharks or something that can sense magnetic current? Oh, I think it is. Like, I, I think it, I've heard whales do it like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's got like a really kind of... I, I like this weird, like, yeah. they're, all, they're all skinny boys, but they're, <laughs> they're horny, bony, skinny boys with, like, fish eyes and fish <laughs> scents. And, yeah, real cool. It's like um, it's like a crappy Spider-Man that I would just hate <laughs> to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off-brand Spider-Man. I like it. The nobility of Solstice Aeternum is unique in the Imperium. Instead of succumbing to the degradation and gluttony and sloth, they instead thrive, strive. An ideal that pervades their society is to be the pinnacle of their planet, so that when they may step into the Emperor's light again, they may shine as brightly as the sun they are forbidden from seeing. They are bred to be beautiful, although the concept has been warped with as little contact as they have with other parts of the Imperium. They retain a sense of horrifying, almost eldritch and uncanny beauty from this practice. In addition to being trained well in matters of speech and diplomacy, noble scions are trained thoroughly in combat. Each is a warrior in their own right, attempting to be more like the shining examples of the Primarchs and the Emperor himself. Every member of the noble class strives for perfection in every field they can. This idea is retained from the Emperor's children, who initially reclaimed the planet after the Great Crusade. Okay, cool. Mm. The, in the Dusklands, 
the areas where the rays of the suns are only barely visible on the horizon, there are some in the lower hives that would come to worship its light. Some believe it's long-need light of the emperor. Some believe it's something else entirely. The solar cult wants to bring back the planet into the light, basking in the rays all they can, and being granted disgusting mutations by its ever-persisting radioactive glare. They make yeah, fucking sweet. They make sacrifices to the people around them, believing to send their souls to feed them overwhelming power of the sun, feed them to the overwhelming power of the sun, whatever it may be. Their zeal in it in this belief not is not universal throughout the planet. Although the belief that the sunlight is special and one should strive to be able to step back into it has seeped upwards. There are five major cities on Solstice Aeternium. Polaris, Zenus, Dawn, Aurora, and Radiance. Each of the major holds, each of the major holders, each of them holds a major seat of power, and one of the noble families there and is allowed to take seat on the ruling council of the planet at large. The Council of Five, the planet itself, was initially reclaimed peacefully during the Great Crusade by the Emperor's children, whose brief occupation and visit largely shaped the ideas of the noble families there. During the Horus Heresy, the ruling families of Polaris, Zenith, and Radiance turned traitor, clinging to the ideals of the Astartes Legion that conquered them. However, Dawn and Aurora remained loyal, loyal as did the Titan Manufactorum in the orbit of the planet. Irradiated or irritated with the interruption of the mining operations on the planet's surface, and at this heresy against the Omnisai, the Mechanica outpost sent a Titan Legion to each city, as well as a as well as innumerable Skatari. With the help of these two loyal cities, the rest of the planet was reconquered. The Mechanicums believed themselves the Mechanicum themselves oversaw replacement of those three cities' ruling families, and actually assumed direct control over Radiance, forcibly taking a seat on the ruling council. Since re-establishing contact with the Imperium post heresy, not much has changed. You want to take it from here? Yeah, for sure. Um, cities often change ruling families due to turbulent internal politics within each city. Noble families often vie and scheme to overthrow and overtake others and have a family member take a seat on the ruling council. And to have a family member take a seat on the ruling council is one of the highest honours. Assassinations, impersonations, forging of legal documents, defamation, duels, etc., the means do not matter as long as they do not create a stir as to interrupt the Mechanicus interest in the planet. Polaris is ruled by House Yavec. The city itself was largely destroyed and rebuilt after the Horus heresy and is now dominated by iconography of the Emperor interwoven deeply and painstakingly into the new architecture. The marvel of a house city being built as penance. Beneath it, though, Beneath it, though still resides the ruins of Old Dawn, the ancient city is accessible through the lowest reaches of the city, though very, very few would tread in that place. Most who would do it, do it out of desperation or need. Dawn is the largest city on Solstice Eternium, and go also goes the deepest into the planet. Naturally, its deeper reaches are commanded, commandeered by the Mechanicum, for core mining it is ruled by house palinga house um, 
these houses they're they're just like noble houses hey yeah i assume so i guess it's like a kind of family name yeah yeah so you've yeah. got like polaris whereas yvec and it almost like kind of harkens back to you know like books like gorn's ghosts where if you belong to house yvec all of your citizens are like entirely devoted to you mm. they wear your colors your manufacturers yeah, okay. are stamped with your badge kind of thing it yeah. almost becomes like separate countries kind of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I really like that i like that detail i'd like to hear more about these uh hopefully yeah. they put a bit more in but house gazette rules aurora and are renowned for their exceptional talent in jewels Aurora's leadership changes most frequently, although the Chiech family traces itself traces itself back to the city's founding, owing a, a certain determination of their bloodline. In a practice unique to the city, the ruling seat of Aurora is traditionally decided between houses by duels and grand games that are held once every 50 years between noble scions. The city is home to the Caldera, an ancient Colosseum proving grounds where these games are held. The Ksech family has won these games for over a thousand years straight. As Armitage rules Zenith, they are bitter, bitter rivals of the Zech family of Aurora. The House Armitage is known for their extreme zeal in service to the emperor conducting grand, extensive, week-long rituals in the passing on of authority and the crowning of new heirs. Or heirs, I should say. <laughs> Zenith is the largest nexus for the sun cult and is rumored to contain somewhere near it a holy site where the sun's rays can be seen but do not burn. The nobles of the city deny any involvement with the cult. Radiance is home to Magus Zeta 327, an ancient and highly secretive ruling representative of the Adeptus Mechanicus on the planet's moon. He is scarcely seen by even the noble families within the cities, although servitors carrying out his will regularly deliver messages throughout the city even sometimes to the Council of the Five instead. In his set, Radiance is the most technologically advanced and naturally a large focal point for Mechanicus operations on the planet. The seat of the planetary government governor is unique in that it is not a position of governance rather than a pass-through for which the bureaucracy of the Imperium to converse with the Council of the Five. The Forge World of Eternium Beta has a mag Magos to represent within each ruling house, there to keep an eye on each generation of ruler to ensure that the Mechanicum's right to minerals and metals is upkept. Should a ruling family not be compliant or willfully endanger Mechanicus mining operations, it's not unheard of for an entire Titan Legion's to be dispensed from the forge world to ravage the offending city. As such, the ruling families cannot engage with overt conflict with, another, with one another. <laughs> the whole planet is the background piece for Izeta Kizetch, noble scion of the House Izetch. 
Her story starts with her uncle, who was kidnapped and sacrificed by the Sun Cult shortly before being able to close a deal with a visiting rogue trader. House Armitage was that instead able to take the trade out from under their noses. There have been a number of similar occurrences, and there is belief that the Zenith nobles are somehow manipulating the cult and providing it resources, but nobody has ever been able to prove it. However, nobody has ever been able to prove it, however. Frustrated, Isetta also hears that the Armitages are sending one of their scions to the outside world, into the Imperium at large to come back with resources and gain for their family. Determined to cut them off or show them up, Isetta too leaves, with the blessing of her mother to go and acquire fame and wealth within the Imperium at large, and be given the right to step into the light again. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cool. Yeah, so yeah. this whole time I was kind of wondering if there was going to be some character, what was the point of writing this? Like, this was very cool world, world building. One of the best world buildings I've read on this episode. There was so much cool details and, like, um, just cram-packed of, like, cultural things. Like, this whole idea of this sun cult and... Yeah. Yeah, um, and this kind of, like, every family, but the family is also kind of indebted to the mechanicus and yeah. you could have say a magos who's been watching over 10 yeah. generations because he doesn't die and just you know <laughs> keeping an eye out for any kind of uh shenanigans yeah the whole time reading this i just kept on thinking this would be a fucking sweet role-playing game like to play yeah. in this this was the perfect setup that you gave to a character and then at the very end you did that one par- paragraph of about Izetta Kezic. Which literally sounds like she's about to go on some adventure in this universe. So you set up this perfect thing. I was feeling it. I'm like, I want to go adventure in it. And then I love the last paragraph that somebody is now going to go adventure in this. So I hope you actually write more. I don't know if yeah. you're or what, but. Yeah, I'd really like to hear about the, well, the whole thing really. But especially yeah. this this kind of main character as well. Because it's nice that is not really, um, you know, you can always go down the way of like a Mary Sue kind of thing where it's yeah. like, is that a cassette? She's the best explorer, gunslinger, and she's equipped yeah. with all of this mechanica stuff. It doesn't kind of go into that. It kind of just like, you know, this is the star of her story. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it doesn't even sound like she's like, I don't think she's going to impact the galaxy to any greater degree it's just like her small little story in this awesome 40k set in this actually small setting that he's built specifically yeah yeah and because of that backstory as well you kind of you get like a hint about what the character is going to be all about you know it says they're renowned for their exceptional talent in duels so you can assume that i i would assume this is a like a family name she's a noble scion yeah so it's like kind of you know, maybe her mm-hmm. uncle was part of the ruling family or whatever. And, 
you know, now she's just spent her whole life like dueling and able to take on the sun coat or be yeah, able to yeah. get to this point. And it kind of almost sets up like a nemesis character where you've got this other Armitage scion who's, you know, it already says that they're bitter rivals and they're extremely zealous and kind of yeah, all this yeah. thing. So you can you can just see how like how the story might play out where exactly this like like there's this... there's pockets of this that if I was a player in this setting, like I know I would be going towards right away. Like he, he's given other people goals and yeah. like things to explore, well, things to do. It's yeah. And you can almost think like, you know, she's obviously got I, I assume this is, yeah, so her, so she's obviously got this kind of background anyway that's pre-established with the Sun Cult, and then yeah. her rival has the background anyway where they're apparently pulling the strings of the Sun Cult <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. And you can just, like, in my head, I've already built up this kind of, I feel like I've built this story. Like, a story yeah. should start you off and be like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens. I wonder if this happens. I wonder if... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The noble from the Armitages gets a whole group of the sun worshippers and they take her capture and she has to duel her way out <laughs> and like gunslinging and all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, I really like it. I'm I'm all about kind of world building and uh all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's it's so well done. It's just enough information that you can extrapolate outwards without mm -hmm. being too bloated, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly um the the setup of the planet is super interesting i don't know if it's just the way he worded it but let me read the first line uh this abnormally abnormally giant planet of solstice Septurnum is two-sided one always faces the sun so it is that just kind of like a figurative two-sided one half's in the sun one's half or do you think it, this planet's like a, a literal coin oh what like a flat piece kind yeah. of yeah flat earth theory yeah i mean then, i love a flat earth theory but then they were talking about like the dusk zone and that might be a little awkward on a disc yeah but, but i mean i i really like the idea of that because it's kind of like what is so weird like coin <laughs> world and then too they're like they're like digging down as deep as possible so it could it could almost be like Oh, the people on the cold side are trying to bury their way through to the hot side yeah. and like well there was that person, one yeah. there was that one house that has like it sounded like a hole literally dug through the planet where the light shines into their their city or whatever into this one small little spot and you're able to go there and look up into it. it's a super secret or whatever but like yeah. sounds literally like they dig dig through the planet to get to the sun <laughs> yeah and then you've got like dawn which is yeah, so that's Dawn, which is the largest city. And yeah. it's also kind of, is it owned by the Mechanicus? No, that's Radiance. Yeah. So it's like that one, it seems to have, you know, this, obviously this is a big mining world and kind of all that stuff. But I like how that's one of the biggest cities, but it has the least information on it. Mm. It's almost like, well, how did they garner this much power? How are they staying 
overtly away surely they have all this scrutiny yeah. under them yeah. and yeah i i think is like it's fantastically well done i'd love to see like, this like even just how he developed like this uh culture of excellence among the people man we haven't even talked about that these are ab humans yet but we'll get there but even how he just developed the culture amongst his people yeah they were uh conquered by emperor's children when they were loyalists and they strove for perfection and it's like yeah they probably thought that that's what the imperium at large was like you know they they probably thought everyone in the Imperium wanted this perfection, so they adapt that. It was very cool to see how it twists or got into it. It was yeah. also nice to see. I was worried for a hot second that there would be some chaos cult springing up, and that's the direction this story was going. And that yeah. could be a direction for sure, but I don't think it should be the main direction. I think no, you've got exactly. so many other things. Like it's yeah, I, I like that. I like it when it's an undertone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it keeps that fact of like chaos is insidious and, you know, mm -hmm. like people have turned before. So yeah. they're so watchful about it. And it's, it's almost saying like, well, this could happen and it exactly. has happened. But this is the kind, you know, because that could also be another major change in the story. That's a great mm -hmm. place where you could you could take something into a different direction and be like, yeah, well, maybe like it's done. Yeah, Sun like you think chaos. you're uh, you think you're tracking down the Sun Cult, but really you just stumbled upon a Chinch Cult, cult. Yeah, who's doing some ritual with the Sun to summon demons? You know, like, um, but it's like there's there's a really good book in the Macarius Crusade called um, Angel of Fire, and it's almost like this similar idea where there's okay. a cult they believe themselves to be worshiping the emperor and they've got like <laughs> these massive burning statues around and they burn heretics in cages <laughs> and kind of yeah. all this stuff and then it it really plays into this kind of insidious nature of like well who am i actually worshiping yeah. and especially when you've been separated from from the imperium for so long like because i mean getting into the ab human thing like yeah it says they're trying to they're trying to get like their own idea of like beauty. Mm -hmm. So they're they're kind of almost changing themselves slightly. Like they've got all of these weird kind of, you know, I I find it interesting is that they're kind of they're they're blind. Yeah. But they also, you know, they also want to try and be beautiful for when they go into the light of the emperor is a really yeah. strange, unique yeah. kind of idea. Whereas, you know, like they're obviously constantly planning forward because who are they doing this for? They're meant to be beautiful for a blind society. Yeah. And it's just, it, yeah, it's really interesting. I want to hear more about the jewels. Like mm -hmm. I want to hear, I want to see like a description of like a gunfight of a blind <laughs> blind duelist yeah. picking up on electromagnetic kind of pulses and like how does the mechanicus like deal with that like do they project something to make himself seem bigger and scarier <laughs> or are they able to like flick a switch and suddenly like people people are blind like flash grenaded kind of thing is yeah like you would think you'd just be able to like emp them and just fuck the them all up yeah know? yeah because I that's I I find that's a really interesting idea because it just plays on different senses. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. Like this yeah. whole thing kind of it just subverts expectations. Yeah. And I think it's it's such it, a great start for a story. 
Yeah. He didn't go into any Imperial Guard armies or Space Marine armies. He went a little bit into Skatari and Titan. And I wonder if he collects those, but like, it would be cool to see what a Knight Sider Imperial Guard regiment would look like. And then why would they, or how would they function? Like, what would their tactics be? Of course, they're going to do primarily like night fight planets or whatever, where it's like the planet's constantly in eternal darkness or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's what I was trying. I was trying to place it the whole way through. I'm almost wondering if it's like, you know, a Titan kind of you could because you could build a Titan army off of yeah. this really easily because yeah. you have the, you know, the outpost, the Mechanicum outpost sent a Titan legion to each city mm-hmm. and kind of destroyed everything. This is the thing. It's like they're getting destroyed all the time. Like if they put one tail out of light. It's just like the mechanics is like, like sorry, <laughs> sorry, we're about to open up both barrels yeah, right yeah. on you. And um, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see some of this. I, it, it is like you said, it's one of those things where it's just is a perfect world to play around in. And I'd love to see kind of, you know, the kind of different aspects of all of these cities. Maybe a little description on how the people act. You know, mm. like. Maybe they have kind of almost like a necromunda kind of thing where yeah. you have different gangs from different cities and they all interact quite differently. <laughs> and that's how they kind of, or maybe they all work in conjunction with each other. And it's kind of like, you know, yeah. if you want to get an assassin, well, then you're going to the highest search yeah. and picking the best. You and your gang are trying to like do a heist on a mechanicum uh, shipment or whatever. Like there's yeah. just so much to do. Yeah. And then you go to like the Mechanicus kind of side of it. And it is just like a robotic factory where it's kind of servers running around, but they all see through the eyes of this one kind of arc magos. And yeah, it is, it is really cool. I really enjoy this. I, I hope he, I hope Gazer Boy writes more about this because I I think it's such a solid foundation where it's Mm -hmm. got people, it's certainly got me thinking of like, well, how would I play in this world or, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, I got sucked into it. It's very cool. Definitely, uh, definitely keep writing, write some more. Um, do you have any other thoughts, any other thoughts on it? I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, apart from, you know, is is mainly just positive. Like, yeah. it's a really good way of building your own city, your own planet in, um, 40k like is all of the the hard references were like just so lightly touched upon yeah yeah. like uh the ideal of perfection is retained from the emperor's children but they don't actually it doesn't say like yeah but now they know what the emperor's children are like they're like well these are you know we don't give a it's like this very kind of vague you're only just touching back to ancient history you're building up a philosophy and a lore and uh yeah, I, I think is a fantastic take notes. Anyone who's looking to do world building, because yeah. this is how you do it. Yeah, this was a perfect example. Uh, the one other final detail I'm going to mention is I, I did actually really enjoy like the uh, the sciencey bits to it. Kind of mm. when he's talking about like you know the orbit and how the planet works and magnetic fields and all that, and even just describing the uh, the the night night siders with like, and he brought some kind of more sciencey terms in but it was just that perfect amount where it brought me in yeah. built just enough but he didn't have to include like and the 
axis tilt of the planet is 32 you know like yeah there's oversharing as you well. want this bit of like pseudoscience thing, exactly kind of thing where it's like oh well it's you know it's the perfect science fiction exactly where it's just it's not over explained and it's it's like i said like you could if you look at this kind of as an rpg standpoint which i think we both are really yeah it's really. because it's such an interesting world to play in i think um i think the way of doing that and just kind of being like, you know, there's loads of metals around, there's loads of minerals. It's, it's the kind of old adage of when you start up a DMD campaign, the DM will spend two hours describing the tavern and then you walk outside and there's nothing else there. Because it's just, <laughs> you know, there, ha there has to be this kind of realism of how a society works independent yep. from you, you know, like yeah. you've built the world. You haven't just built a kind of, a flat surface you've actually rounded it out with something unless it is coin planet in which case it is <laughs> a flat in which surface case, but... yeah back to the drawing board but yeah no i really liked it i think it was a great thing i i'd love to see more from yep. this guy just uh yeah so cool. maybe like a little character story or something but yeah cool thank you so much gave the boy yeah it was very well done um if you guys have a story that you would like to submit uh lorehammer podcast at gmail.com i take submissions i read submissions if you want to be on the show message me and i take guests and i take them and i take them to my island and i never let them leave so if you want that as well hey. shut up matt you're on mute now you can't beg for oh. help <laughs> uh well everyone thanks uh for listening if you want to support the show you can support my patreon listen to lore Warhammer listen more. Something. It's out there. There's links in the description. Thanks, Matt, for joining me. Uh, we'll see you yeah. all in the next episode. Thanks, Matt. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.